there's two types of people in this world. There's winners and, and there's losers. losers. We're and losers. Just so that we're clear, every time we step on this field, our goal is to be a winner. And if your dad has said, oh, it doesn't matter whether you win or lose, just as long as you have fun, well, I hate to say it, your dad's a loser. I made a comment earlier tonight that uh, I guess uh, went out over the air that I am deeply ashamed of. If I have hurt anyone out there, I can't tell you how much I say from the bottom of my heart, I'm so very, very sorry. I pride myself and think of myself as a, a man of faith, as there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. Play ball! Yeah! What's up, Fudgebaggers? Welcome to Pure Boys Podcast. And by what's up, Fudgebaggers, I, of course, mean ciao, Fudgebaggers. Uh, I'm Adam, and you're in. And I am Steve, and I am just filled to the brim with excitement today because... It's baseball, and I love it. We're back, baby. Spring training, week two. You know, the, the the your shoulders are getting warmed up. Your elbows are getting warmed up. You're ready. You're ready to. You're out of the batter's box. You're ready to hit some dingers. We're getting there. I I got so much baseball in my life. MLB The Show just got released. It's opening day today, as of this record. I'm excited for today, and I couldn't be more excited to talk about this godly baseball film. For real, because this week we're talking about 2019's Full Count, a movie that is about baseball, I think. Kind of, <laughs> sort of about baseball. Well, it's about baseball, it's about growing up in the Midwest, it's about dads, and it's about death probably most of all most of all it's about the grim reaper just hanging over a small georgian town and all the lives it's willing to take in order to teach a child a lesson now for the uninitiated out there a full count is two balls and no it isn't no it's, it's not three balls <laughs> and two strikes yeah correct i got two balls right here for you pal <laughs> And I got two balls here as well, which is four balls, which means That's a walk. It's a walk. That's a walk, yeah. See you on first base. <laughs> Although they call it a base on balls now, which is like overly cumbersome and dumb. Do they really call it a base on balls? Yeah, they really do. <laughs> Why don't they Instead just call it a walk? of using W for walk, they use BB for all stats. <laughs> More like BBC, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I do, I do know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to look up the movie Black Mass the other day, and uh, boy, did I get a lot of results that weren't uh, Black Mass, that were just Black Massive Other Things, if you follow okay. me and my drift. Are you saying M-A-S-T, M-A-S-S, or M-A-S-K? M-A-S-S. Okay, Mass. Black Mass. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Black Mass would be cool. Yeah, well, isn't that a pirate TV show or something? <laughs> it could be. I think it I'd is. I'd say it more of a porno genre. Well, when you look up Black Mass, you'll certainly find plenty of that. <laughs> well, thank goodness. Yeah, of course. Uh, full Count, what a movie. <laughs> what a... This is... We've watched some wild movies for this show. This has got to be one of the wildest ones we've watched. I was just like... Where is this going? 
what's going on what's going on what's going on it was just felt like every 10 minutes i felt like i was getting crazier watching it i I loved it it's a slow burn there's some time elements to it and uh there's some character building which is nice for one of these movies is there um but who's yeah who, who what character gets character building uh well dave for sure <laughs> oh please his name is david he doesn't go by dave at no point does anyone call him dave oh yeah well this is very true <laughs> uh i i love this movie i i like this is i watched this movie and i was like i want to watch this movie with other people i want to show other people this movie because it's just a buck wild ride and like you said, it is a slow burn, but once it starts picking up around the 40-minute mark, it just does not let up, and uh, it was great. And by Dave, I was thinking of Ryan as far as character <laughs> building. <laughs> Ryan, a.k.a. my favorite character in the movie. Yeah, well, we'll get to it next week, but spoilers. Why, why will we get to it next week? Uh, Beggar Vance. <laughs> oh, right, of course. You mean the Roberto Alomar of this movie, of course. Uh <laughs> Before we get to any of that, before we find out who Ryan is, before we talk about who the Roberto Alomar was of Romance in the Outfield, Double Play, we need to get to, of course, the Pure Boys Prayer. So please put your hands together. God bless our podcast. God bless all podcasts. We love you. Amen. Amen. A beautiful prayer by beautiful boys. And you said amen last week, but I did not say amen, so I finally snipped her off. I I finally got her done. Yep, you had a you snuck in a double prayer there, which I think is pretty pretty ballsy of you to waste the Lord's time like that. Or one long prayer throughout the week. Of course, including all the dumps and jang off you did and all the all the naughty business that you did. Cuz dumps are naughty business. Dumps are naughty business, but I had a heck of a week dump-wise. Uh, I don't really want to go into it because that's between well, me and the you toilet. you brought it up. Um, no. <laughs> well, you brought it up and then said, I don't want to talk about it. So I think we're going to talk yes. about it. Tell me about your dumps this week. What happened? Well, I've been on my Metamucil very regularly, nice. and it's been paying dividends uh, quite well. I uh, I sit on the toilet every morning uh, exactly 15 minutes after I get up, and I just release myself. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Great. Uh, this time, it's uh, time for the coffee pour of the day. So I'm about to co- pour my hot coffee from one cup to the other. I'm going to get very close to the mic this time so it even increases the difficulty. Let's hear it. Successful! <laughs> I could hear it this time. That was great. Yeah, that was uh, very exciting. Um, I'm going to spill on myself uh, eventually, so that'll pay off for the listener. Uh, but for now, everything's dry. Oh, that's great. Hey, man, congratulations on that. And enjoy that well-earned coffee. You've earned it, man. Yeah. And and take that sip and just tell us how delicious it is. Well, I, I should say everything's dry except for my mouth. Here goes the sip. Mmm, <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> now, how do you take your coffee? Are you a black man? Are you a cream man? What's your What's your go-to coffee mix? It's been a, a stark evolution of my uh, coffee drinking. 
of course, I was a dumb, you know, 13-year-old kid, and it's the only kind of, like, pick-me-up or illicit drug that you can take, so you go to the cafe and drink a bunch of coffee. Then, and lots of cream and sugar. Mm. Crazy amounts of cream and sugar. Mm. Uh, then I didn't really have coffee until university. And blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. Now I'm a black man. Nice. Congratulations. Uh, enjoy. <laughs> Uh, well earned and uh, yeah just really good segment I'm looking forward to next week's installment thank you very much mm. uh, Mr. Browns to you hey Mr. Browns to you uh, so we need to of course get to everyone's uh, first favorite segment of the week and that's a very important question that we ask every single week and that is of course Steve Whomst was the Roberto Alomar of Romance in the Outfield double play? You know, I had one answer because I was thinking of Baker Vance the whole time. But we're this is uh, spring, spring training, training yeah. and this is Roberto Alomar. Um, so I would have to say my Roberto Alomar is uh, Doogie Howser. Mm. Now, why is that? Adam, just quickly, why is well, that? She plays the most baseball in this film. Softball, but yeah, okay. Or right, yes, of course. We'll we'll get into that for sure. <laughs> um, now, Adam, who was your Roberto Alomar of this film? Well, Steve, what was the name of this film? It was Romance in the Outfield. Double play. Beautiful. It's interesting that you would select Doogie Howser as your Roberto, Roberto Alomar because for me. The Roberto Alomar of Romance in the Outfield Double Play was, of course, the puka shell necklace that uh, Doogie Howser wore throughout this movie. It really kind of helped accentuate the island lifestyle she was going for. And uh, I know that she probably went to, like, the Dominican Republic at some point and came back with those Stevie Wonder Harder Than July braids when she was in, like, sixth grade or something. Like, just a, just a girl who's just living, living her life in the sun, you know? Yeah, her parents are too broke to go to Hawaii, so they go to the Dominican. Of course, yeah. Well, you don't get your hair braided in Hawaii. Why not? Well, why not? You know, anything can happen in, on vacation, and that's the beauty of, of Roberto Alomar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Play ball. Now that's the song you want to finish. Well, exactly, right? Yeah, regardless of what happens... We're, you know, one, two, three strikes are out uh, at the old ball game. Sometimes more talking is actually less talking. Exactly. It's funny that they don't talk about uh, bass on balls in that song. It is weird because uh, it's so ingrained into our sport these days. Bass on balls. I don't know if I'll ever be able to get over that. I think that's going to, that's going to like haunt me all day. Yeah, it's going to rock your world. You're going to think about it. You're going to have sweaty nightmares, but... That's the way it is. Hey, that's the way it is. Uh, so, speaking of sweaty nightmares, we, of course, need to get to everyone's favorite segment. The Kevin Sorbo Tweet of the Week. Okay, so I'm opening up my browser. Of course, you know that uh, Chrome wasn't working so well, so I downloaded Internet Explorer. And all you freaking nerds out there Edge. are going to say, it's Microsoft Edge now. Yeah. yeah you, but I went on the Internet and found an old copy of Internet Explorer <laughs> version 3.5.2. And 
I have Internet Explorer up uh, to get my tweet. I just have to figure out these tabs. Does this even have tabs? Okay. And uh, so uh, Kevin Sorbo's uh, tweet of the week is very aggressive, so I'm going to yell it. Okay. Uh, All right. Uh, 11.48 a.m. on April 3rd, 2022, Kevin Sorbo had to say, Stop talking to children about sex. <laughs> sure, of course. I'm guessing that's uh, in in relation to the Florida's don't say gay bill or something like that. Yeah, probably. I think we want to keep our children, children locked in a cage away from society in the real world mm-hmm. and uh, don't talk to them about sex. Well, I think, I I mean, I get where Kevin's coming from here. Of course we want to keep children pure. Purity is what it's all about, and just be in the purest of spirit that you can. And that means no dirty sex. What that doesn't mean, though, is not being exposed to graphic violence. All the graphic violence you can handle or even want to see, but don't you dare even talk about the joy of making love. Do you think that this includes dry humping? Well, that's a really good question because much like based on balls, it's not really like you're not really getting what you're after. I mean, you kind of are, but in the most roundabout way, right? Like in in the worst way. So I don't know. Maybe that's okay. I guess dry humping is probably okay. I think it's okay, but like... You can get really creative with uh, dry humping. You get a man in some joggers or some sweats, and then you get a lady or another man in some yoga pants, and you can basically get it in. (laughs) Well, what more more needs to be said? (laughs) You can basically get it in. Basically. Basically. I mean, not, like, obviously not literally, but basically you can get it in. Your skin's probably not touching. Fluids might be exchanged, depending on how much pre-cum you can, you know, create. Do I have to censor that word? I don't I never know. Yeah. There's definitely some words that we say that are always a guaranteed censor. But, you know, other words, you just kind of play fast and loose with it. It, it. More what strikes me in the moment. And the way you said pre-cum made me go, I think I got to censor that. I think that, I think that one's got to get the, the beep over it. It's more of the way I said it, for sure. And I, I did uh, say it with vicious intent. <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> like, it's funny that Kevin's like, don't talk to kids about sex. But, like, you could talk to kids about soaking, right? Like, that's probably okay. That's not, te- I mean, it's kind of like sex but it's also just like soaking it's not the same there's not the vigorous thrusting it's just all about just putting it in and leaving it in and is it soaking if you use a condom very good question uh that's more of a question for kevin sorbo and if we if we connected with him on online then we would tweet that at him but again we don't want him to discover our existence because then the tweet well will dry up and then what will we do with everyone's favorite segment and I think uh, soaking with a condom is technically dry humping, but I I don't know if we want to get into that. Yeah, that's a very good... Yeah, I mean, what's if you're wearing a condom, then like, how is that any different than dry humping, really? Yeah. I mean, you're practicing... Any different. Any, it's pretty much the exact same thing. Something else is catching your pre, and uh, <laughs> whether it's a sheep's bladder or uh, the front of your jeans, it's not going where it needs to go. To create life, obviously. 
Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the ultimate goal, of course, of sex. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Even though studies have proven that when you talk to children about sex and, and just and, you know, make sure that they're they have good sex education, uh, preteen, se- preteen pregnancy dramatically drops, abortion rates drop and all, you know, it's just basically good for everyone all around. But Kevin's absolutely right. We shouldn't be talking about sex because uh, I guess Mary didn't have sex, so neither should anyone else. Yeah, it's incredibly positive for mental, physical well-being and uh, understanding how you're growing and evolving as a human being when you're very young and are a little insecure about these things. But God is more important, so mm. shove it in a lockbox and never talk about it. Exactly, and that's not a euphemism. Don't don't take him saying shove it in a lockbox as, as anything other than what it literally means, which is shoving it in a lockbox. Get a lockbox. Get a lockbox and shove it in there, you know? I want a pure boy's lockbox. Me too. (laughs) How do we make them? How do we get them? I found websites that allow you to make custom condoms. How do we get a custom lockbox? Yeah, and I want a pure lockbox. I I want a mahogany, Mm. uh, you know, inlaid with some pine maybe. Mm. I don't know. I, I want it to be beautiful and pure. Of course, much like all people should be. It's... The obsession with sex that Christians have and how naughty it is is insane to me. <laughs> the the pedestal yeah. they put it up on as this like, oh, you know, just anyway, Kev, great insight as always. We always appreciate your your wonderful takes. Yeah, you had an early lunch, obviously, and we're taking a BM right before noon, mm-hmm. uh, probably on a shoot or something. So get healthy, get wise and keep talking about sex. Yep. And keep soaking Sam. Uh, so this week we're talking about 2019's Full Count, uh, a movie about four balls and three strikes or whatever the hell a full count is. Three balls, two strikes. Right. You did mention that at the start and I didn't, uh, retain it. So, yeah. uh, first exciting thing, this, um, movie is produced by Buckethead Film Group, which is very exciting. Uh, it's nice to see Buckethead expanding from guitars and nunchuckas into Christian filmmaking. Good for him. Great for them. Uh, you always want to grow your business. You start as one thing and then evolve into other, uh, things. And this is, it's great to see that more people are interested in Christian media. Exactly. Steve, do you know who Buckethead is? Um, I know there's a uh, Cuphead. Ooh, doesn't know who Buckethead is. What a loser! What a loser! <laughs> are you? Are you, you? Are you? Uh, edging him right now? That's what they call uh, it. No, I'm looking up full count on IMDb so I can have the full list of stuff that I want to talk about. The full count of stuff you want to talk about. <laughs> exactly. Open up a new tab and type in Buckethead and get a real good glimpse of uh, of this guitar legend. I'll wait. It, does he have a big head? He's, uh, he's got Buckethead. Should I look up images? Yes. Okay. Yeah, KFC repping. Exactly, yeah. Anyway, very cool guy. Everyone check out Buckethead. He's put out like 400 albums. Uh, one of our finest guitar players of all time. Not even an exaggeration when I say he's put out like 400 albums. He, he has put out an insane amount of albums for no reason. So, Buckethead, we love you. Feel free to sponsor the show. Ex-Guns N' Roses guitarist. True. Um, he's also repping KFC so hard. He must get a nut. Oh, yeah. He was like the bucket. He was the, he was the Buckethead guitarist. He was the Guns N' Roses guitarist during like... The early 2000s, I think. Maybe even through the Chinese democracy era. I'm not sure. But uh, either way, God bless him. Every one of them. God bless every one of them, yeah. 
First thing I noticed about this movie after Buckethead Film Group is the, and this is, I'm saying this legitimately, the beautiful opening shot of this movie, the misty sunrise over farm country. I was like, wow, this is, this looks really nice. This might be a really good movie. And I wasn't wrong. Well, it paints a beautiful picture of small town America and how quaint and beautiful God has uh, bestowed this land upon the best people imaginable absolutely yeah uh georgia this movie takes place in georgia and uh i don't know i didn't see stick through the credits see if they got that sweet georgian film credit but maybe they did i don't know i hope so they did you see oh. the full-on peach oh. and uh yeah you you know it was uh, filmed in a good place with good people oh yeah allahu akbar god is good god is great yeah let us thank him for this food uh, <laughs> other exciting thing Jason London shows up in the cast very exciting that would be horse camps <laughs> Jason London correct I guess uh, what else has he been in uh, um, horse camp 2 love count? he's in horse camp loves tale he's in horse camp and uh, full count and that's it I think yeah. I don't think he's made anything else He's the titular dad character, the man who had to give up his entire life to raise his family and raise his farm and continue his legacy. According to his wife, a discount dollar store Gina Gugino, he's forced into farming at age 12. So he's he's had to give it up for a long time. Didn't get any high school education. No. Uh, dumb as a brick. Yep. In In the worst health imaginable. And it comes across that he's super dumb. Like, he, he can barely string a sentence together. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. His son gets an offer at post-secondary education. He goes, no, it's just not, it's not for us right now. It's like, well, it, what do you mean it's not for, it's never for you. What do you mean it's not for us right now? They're constantly at the bank trying to get a new loan, and they keep having to, like, slow down their talk to him <laughs> and tell him that he's already in debt and he can't pay his even minimum payment. And that they're not going to give him any more money or seed. Mm -mm, no, you need to sell <laughs> more pies. Listen to me. Your wife needs to bake more than three pies for your farmer's market in order to make any sort of profit. It's bizarre that like that that seems to be the their only source of income is a farmer's market when it's like th there's no way selling a pie for six bucks is paying off your debts <laughs> like you owe yeah. thousands to the seed pimp there's no way you're gonna pay it off selling six dollar pies and four pieces of corn for two bucks it's not gonna work pal these movies really want to like sell this middle america dream where you just like chill out on the farm you grow like an eighth of an acre of corn and sell it at the farmer's market for thousands of dollars apparently i guess where are the other people in the community getting that money like you're, they're just like passing money back and forth to each other and it's all just staying in the same pool from the looks of it it's that one woman at the end is like i've been coming to this farmer's market since i was a little girl well guess what you've paid for my satellite thank you for that i appreciate it like, get a deal with the local grocery chain to exclusively provide produce. Do something. Yeah. Are there, like, well, maybe other farms have that on lockdown. Maybe their farm is just the last farm who just like, well, all we got is this farmer's market that we run, apparently. 
Yeah, they don't try to solve their problems. The wife or the husband doesn't try to get a job in town. Um, they just keep borrowing money and not producing, uh, you know, produce. So, yeah. Well, in their defense, uh, they're currently going through the worst drought the county has seen in years. So corn is all dried up. Corn's not doing well. God is punishing them. And uh, and as we learn as the movie goes on, I guess he he was punishing them. <laughs> like, it's like, it's implied that God taketh and God giveth and all that. Well, if they were going through such a drought, they shouldn't have shown such a lush uh, Georgian countryside at the beginning of this film. They should have shown a drought. Uh, but also, this uh, movie really makes it apparent that a lot of these movies, God is just fricking with people, yeah. and uh, when they're at their lowest moment, he might do something. Yeah, I, by the end of this movie, I, I like, after the, <sighs> this friggin' movie, by the end of this movie, all <laughs> I could think was like, what was the point of all of that? Why did God do that to these people? Because... Nothing really changes for them. They're already a religious house. They already pray. They already love God and all that. And then he just, like, takes a fat dump on them. It gets wiped off. And then they go, all right, well, pick up where we left off, I guess. <laughs> like, just, yeah. why did you do that, God? You did all this horrible stuff, and then you fixed it all, I guess. And that happens in so many of these movies, but it's just so apparent in this film. And if, like that is the letter of the law if that's what god is that he's a piece of crap he's a real jerkeroni yeah and this in the universe yeah. of this movie god's just like a little prankster he's just a little imp just messing with people for fun just to be like well i mean that's what god is in the bible it's just him being like i'm testing your faith do you love me enough do you love me enough people be like yes i worship you every day yeah but it like do you mean it though i need you to Oh, my God. God is just Tiffany from Romance in the Outfield. Just being like, I was at the church trying on a dress. Do you believe me? Yeah, I believe you. Well, I don't believe you. Do you believe me? And it's like, all right, all right. Just calm down. Like, you're flying off the rails, God. There's a line in this movie about how suffering uh, creates strength. And I'm just like, well, this is dumb. You don't need to make people suffer like this. These are real human beings going through hell. You don't yeah. just to like believe in you, and they already believed in you. They went to church, they did the farming, they loved their neighbors. <laughs> yeah, they they said grace. They were good people, and God just like it's not enough. I need to really sink it in. It's like, well, why, why us though, God? Why, why would you do this to? I don't know because they just I threw a dart at Georgia and it hit your farm. So, oh, sorry. I think he's angling for Bible 2.0. He's trying to get some new stories uh, together. So he can, you know, uh, a Bible for the new millennia. Of course, yeah, yeah. Instead of instead of farmers, well, I guess it is still about farmers, but instead of, I don't know how you'd even describe people in the Bible, instead of a bunch of jabronis, then he just wants modern-day jabronis who still are good people, but he's like, well, I'm going to take it all away just for fun, just to see what happens. Oh, it worked out, thank goodness. Oh, it only worked out because I made it work out. Thanks. Chill out, God. Just right? chill. Uh, so, Jaw Jason London is a farmer. He's got a son and a wife, and his son is just like a little baseball superstar. He's just he's got so many little league trophies that they don't even have room for them all in his house. He's got a bright future. Yeah. I hope he doesn't lose it somehow. Even in this, uh, you know, small town of Watkinsville. 
this is a star that is truly shining and can go beyond these little borders and uh, do something truly amazing with his life. But, um, you know, good things do not happen to good people. Milton. That's his name. Milton. <laughs> it's like this kid was born in 2001 and his name is Milton. Good for him. What a lucky kid. Well, he has really dumb parents and Uneducated. somebody at the hospital, like their grandma had to probably name him because they couldn't think of anything. <laughs> Can we call him John Deere? And they're like, well, that name's uh, copyright. So <laughs> no, you can't. Sorry. How about light? Is it is he light? <laughs> How about baby? Can we name him baby? Brand new baby. There are probably way too many babies out there, baby. Hey, baby. I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, they don't, I, you, you know, I think I know why God punishes this family and then says JK and takes it all back. They wear their hats at the table while they're eating dinner. And I just, it was infuriating to watch that. I'd be like, do you have no manners? Were you raised in a barn? Well, I guess maybe they literally were. The first flashback that we see is a big dinner and it looks amazing. Like the biscuits, the yeah, the, the pork chops. Is it pork? I thought it was like a schnitzel type thing. It looked like yeah, breaded something. But well, the first thing, I mean, we need to talk about wh wh where this movie starts with mm -hmm. a kid. Uh, there's uh, the police are at the hospital, the local like county hospital. Somebody is uh, there's been a terrible accident, and uh, somebody's been charged with you know vehicular aggressive vehicular something or other, and drunk driving and resisting arrest. And then we go into the room, and oh my god, it's the baseball kid! It's the kid! It's Jason London's son, the baseball kid Milton. And then we get flashback. Then the first thirty minutes are flashbacks. Some for some reason. Yeah, can you believe it? The main character is in a coma and, like, all banged up. He's all fricked. He's totally fricked from head to toe. Just a bad accident. At the beginning of this uh, portion of the movie, one of the cops is giving an interview, and then the boss cop comes in and says, no more questions. And then immediately one of the interviews is like, okay, but can you give me a couple more questions? Yeah, just two more questions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I said no more. Not two. Like it really shone a light on how how despicable the new, the media is, and just there yeah. were a bunch of vultures. Can you? Oh, we heard there's a terrible accident. Can you tell us who the who the like the person in custody is, and give us their name, age, and what's going on with them? No, we're not doing that. Oh, blah, blah, boo! So mad about it. What kind of sex parts do they have? <laughs> Do they so? Are they the soaker or the soaky? <laughs> what? No more questions. <laughs> no more. Just two more questions. Uh, so they don't take their ta the hats off at the table. We have flashbacks to this kid to some point in time in the past, not too far in the past, I guess. I mean, like a year maybe. It's hard to tell. I'd say about four to six months, because this is just before he wins the state championship and goes off to university. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And he's, yeah, for sure. So, uh, there's a great moment at the table. Cause so Jason London is not supportive of his son's baseball dreams. He wants his son to give up his dreams and work on the farm. They're dying farm. Give it all up. Come work on the farm. I know you're a great pitcher and you've literally got a shot at like becoming a big deal, but 
you know, just come work on our crappy farm to work, you know, to grow crops for the farmer's market. That's what you should be doing, you ungrateful kid. And he's the one that instilled the love of baseball in him. Yeah. He, he spent a lot of time as a kid teaching him how to throw the ball and turning him into this amazing player. Yeah, he literally says, like, my dad taught me everything he knows about farming and everything he knows about baseball. The greatest sport on earth. Uh, I, honestly, I can't disagree. It's better than softball. <laughs> I don't even know if softball's a sport. Yeah, it's a pretty low bar to jump for sure. Uh, but I love that, like, the kids, like, or Milton's like, I just, I want to go to, like, I want to keep playing ball. And, and the dad's like, well, you know, you got to be on the farm, school, and all that's not everything. And, you know, we don't know, you know, are, you're not taking things seriously. And then Milton goes, my grades are great. <laughs> He's like, it's so mad and like screeches that at his dad. Made me laugh pretty hard. Yeah, he just won a game, got into uh, the state finals. His mom's trying to get the father and the son to talk mm -hmm. and to exchange pleasantries at the dinner table. But uh, they kind of go off on each other in stupid ways. I mean, they needed a big dumb bunny to come riding in on his hog to just sort things out between them because they just... I mean, they, they do kind of get a big dumb bunny later, but for now, they really needed someone to step in and just say, hey, you know, just talk just talk to each other like man. Just talk, be man. Talk to your son. He's going to get the farm work done. He's working like a slave for you. This is not a normal childhood for a child in modern day anyways like, uh just let them play baseball how much work is it to farm it's busy at the start when you have to plant everything it's busy at the end when you have to harvest everything but what the hell are you doing in between nothing watching things grow what more do you have to do on the like the dad acts like every day they have 12 hours of work to do it's a it's a crop farm like what what else do you have to do on this farm there's no way every day is packed to the nuts with stuff According to farmers, it is. Uh, as a city folk myself, it doesn't look that way. No. But I, I'm not one to judge about things that I'm not a part of. Well, uh, I am. And I think that <laughs> farmers are a bunch of crybabies who act like... Who, because we're city folk and we don't understand, they can just lie. It's this is the same thing I did when I worked my one of my first jobs at Shoppers Drug Mart. I worked in the photo lab, and nobody there knew how things worked in the photo lab. So when they would try to get me to do other work and be like, "Oh, we need you to stock the milk, or we need you to front face, or any kind of garbage jobs," I would just go, "Ah, sorry, I got to rebalance the chemicals. I got stuff I got to do in the photo lab here. I can't go away to do this other stuff." And they'd go, "Oh, you know what?" Yeah, absolutely right. Feel, you know, do that job. That's what you're hired for. And it was great. I didn't have to do any extra work because nobody knew what I was doing anyway. It was perfect. That's what farmers are doing. The thing about entry-level jobs and some medium-level jobs is that they will hire you to do one thing and then over time try to get you to do more and more things mm -hmm. for not more pay. Mm -mm. Just tell them no or, like, tell them you're busy doing something because they are they don't give a crap about you. Yeah, or Take your Jennies out and tell them you love them. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> Take them out for a spaghetti dinner. Tell them you love them. Mm. That'll get them on your side for sure. Mm -hmm. So uh, Milton goes on this fishing adventure with his best friend and has a very lovely time. They have a really good, honest conversation. The friend is going to miss him quite a bit, but understands that he needs to move on with his life, which is very nice. And then they catch a big fish and everything's great. Uh, then the very next scene is uh, Milton with his girlfriend at school, 
and he's just being a piece of crap to her. <laughs> and, and it's just a weird balancing of scenes and like kind of a Christian ideal that like you shouldn't give a crap about romance in school, but you should be close to your friends. I don't know. It was weird. Yeah, it's he isn't he's like she's a very good partner to him, but he's nothing but like brusque and like yeah okay like he's just nothing but like rude to her except for the picnic scene where they have fun but that's the only time they have every other scene between them is him being like showing like hey i I made you i made a picnic for us do you want to go like have lunch he's like you know i can't leave you know i have work to do i have to do this work it's all right man just she loves you i have a lot on my plate right now (laughs) i don't have time i don't have any room on my plate for your food i have all this other food i have to eat Okay. All right. I love you. It's fine. <laughs> uh, he gets Milton gets an offer to go. Uh, he gets an offer to go play for Mountain University, and his dad says no. <laughs> He's like, "All right. I mean, crap. Oh well. I guess I there goes my dreams. Oops, gone. I guess I'll work on the farm and grow corn forever." Like you said earlier, he says college isn't for us right now, and then puts out his hand. And the scout and the coach of Milton's team are like, are you an idiot? This is a chance of a lifetime for him to, like, (laughs) improve his life. And then he just, like, stares at him blankly and goes, college isn't for us right now, and forces (laughs) a handshake again. Yeah, takes their hand and shakes it, even though it's in their (laughs) pocket. He reaches into their pocket, grabs their hand, pulls it out, and shakes it. Yeah, what is that, a dollar bill? And then he tries to take the money. And... <laughs> yeah, he goes, the dad offers them, he he goes to shake their hand, and when they take their hand away, there's a $20 bill in there, and he goes, maybe that'll help shut your mouth about getting my son on your team. I think Mountain U- University should have offered to pay off the farm loans, and then the movie's over. Well, all they needed to do was buy those three pies, and then it would have just paid for all their loans, no problem. Can you believe he's at the farmer's market, he sells the pies, and then he gets his mom to cover for him, mm-hmm. then he just takes off. Yeah, well, his, his stupid girlfriend shows up and goes, hey, let's go have a picnic. And he goes, yeah, bye, mom, and hops in, her, and, and hops in his truck, but it's her, but she's driving? I don't understand. Yeah, I don't understand how females can drive either. No. Uh, but... Especially when it's springtime and the moon's out. Oh, yeah, of course, right? Ugh, the heavy flow makes a foot heavy, you know? I thought there would have been at least, like, a small scene where he gets in trouble for taking off on his mom and his father at the farmer's market. But no, he just, uh, it goes right to him leaving for, uh, Mountain University. I I do love that, uh, that after the dad, like, turns down college, which there's no, like, there... The dad turns down college, and then the next scene is the dad being like, look, I know that I, I stopped your college career dead in its tracks, but here's a necklace. Are we cool? And the son's like, yeah, we're cool. And then the next scene is just him going to university. <laughs> so it's like, well, I guess he accepted it then. I guess the dad came around for some reason. That's never expressed or shown, but whatever, just keep it rolling. He's got to go play at Mountain University. He does kind of apologize for being a stick in the mud and not being there to support his dreams. But he also doesn't say that he can go to university. Yeah, he just gives him a necklace. And then all of a sudden, he's there. Here's my necklace. Here's a necklace that my grandpa gave my dad and my dad gave to me and maybe you'll give to your son. Are we cool? His son's like, I mean, I guess, Dad. I don't care. It's a a necklace. Fine. Thanks. Cool. Yeah. And he's like, really? 
but like that's exactly what he has to do. He has to give you that necklace. Don't you understand? Like grandpa, father, him, exactly. You, yeah, you, and then end of the line, I guess. Birth, well, definitely end of the line. Yeah, he gets his penis ripped off in a terrible accident later on in this movie. They go, well, sorry, I wasted that necklace on you, son. Whoops. But did the crash rip off his penis? We'll find out. I guess we'll find out. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe someone else ripped his penis off. I don't know. I guess we'll find out as we go along here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he gets to university, meets his roommate, meets the team. His roommate says – he asks his roommate a question, and his, and his roommate goes, well, to answer your question specifically, I don't like to think it was like cut, take it again. What do you mean specifically? Get it together, pal. Jeepers, crying. <laughs> you're, you're a university student at this point. Learn how to speak. His roommate's a bit of a dick, but like you gotta be a, a bit of a dick to the rookies. Yeah, he and just you hates them a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems like playful nature. I mean, kind of, but then he's like, "What's mine is mine, and what's yours is mine." And they went, "Well, that didn't sound very <laughs> playful. That sounded like serious. You're you're really toeing the line of like gentle razzing and also like prison bullying, of which everyone will get a taste of later." And I think that's what they wanted out of him, but they they. They wanted something in the middle, not something like, hey, give me all your stuff. And also, hey, welcome to university. Hey, I'm, I'm specifically happy that you're here. <laughs> but then we meet Ryan, my favorite mm. character in this movie, a total dweeb who looks like Max Landis, who is just, he's just a real, <laughs> he's, he is the, the pitcher on the, on the team and he's very threatened by uh, Milton's presence, and he lets him know immediately that he does not like him. He is the starting pitcher of this team, and Milton's the new young buck that's ready to take him over. For all you freaking nerds out there, this is like uh, the first chair of a symphony. And... Uh... <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he wants to be first chair. Well, Milton just wants to play ball he he doesn't really want to go after this guy's job or anything but the coach he's he's uh slobbering at the uh fact that milton's gonna take over the coach has such a hard-on for milton from the very start like when they first when he's introducing the new rookies to the team and he goes hey we got three new rookies for the team we got billy bob and we got joe smith and we have all-time MVP of Georgia baseball, Milton. Like, just like everyone else, we don't even they sh they don't even show the other two ball players, and he's just like, and this kid, oh my god, Milton's the best. And this is Mountain University. This is scholarship territory. Oh, yeah. All of these players were probably MVPs of their crappy leagues. <laughs> yeah, they were all good. They were all good enough to get to this point. And he's like, but this kid, oh my all state, Georgia Peach himself, Milton Reed, or whatever the hell his name is. Yeah, and he gets out of Peach and starts slobbering all over it. And <laughs> he he really likes the fact that he's from Georgia and that he can get him free peaches, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, when I was down scouting, I had a taste of your ma's pie. And I wanted the whole pie, not just a slice, so we brought you up here, Milton. Well, he tasted his mom's peach, that's for sure. Hell yeah. <laughs> hey, everybody's getting a taste of that peach. Uh, and I love that, like, 
So Ryan is like intimidated by Milton and Milton immediately is like, I know you're on steroids. I know you're doing steroids. I know you're juicing right now and you're bugging out because you're juicing. And Ryan's like, <gasps> just freaking out about it, doing the, you know, drinking game from Shanghai Noon. And uh, then it turns out, yeah, he's totally juicing. <laughs> he's, he was right. He pegged him. Yeah, you're, you're juicing, pal. Pegged him real hard. We find out that uh, Milton gets the starting role. Yep. And uh, Ryan is just uh, terrified. He oh, yeah. he loses it. Absolutely. He, he goes right over to Milton and shoves him immediately in front of the whole team. Um, which is not something you want to do. You want to be a part of the team. You want to improve yourself. Uh, but he just absolutely loses it. Well, and also the coach says like, hey, we're going to start Milton in the next game. He yeah. doesn't say you're no longer the starting pitcher. He's just saying like, hey, we got this new rookie. We want to start him in the game, see how he does. Like, that's all he's saying. And and Ryan just blows it, like just blows a gasket. And yeah, like you said, you're not off the team. You still want to be a part of the team at the end of the day. Just because you're not the starting pitcher doesn't mean, like, maybe you're the closer. Arguably the, the sweeter position to be in, I would say. If you're the one who brings it home, that's a way better position to be in. You only have to pitch maybe one inning, and you win the game ultimately. That's awesome. Or, like, the other starting pitchers. Because you play, like, multiple times in a week, and, right. like, you have to have multiple different starters. So he's just, like, the second one now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He plays Thursdays. You play Saturday, Sundays. Well, that's yeah. not good. I want to play all three days. And, of course, he calls his father and he yells at his father. Yeah, him him yelling goodbye was very funny. Just, like, holding his phone in front of his face going, Bye! Bye! <laughs> just, like, screaming at his phone. He's got real daddy issues, that kid. And then he well, goes yeah. then he goes to the shower and I guess like ODs on steroids, I guess. I think he kills himself. But Well, maybe. I mean he only takes like two pills. <laughs> like yeah. yeah, like there's still a bottle worth of pills there. I, it's just it's such I a guess, and it's also not yeah, more <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I guess more of the Christian thing would be for him to OD on pills. And not to promote suicide in any way. Exactly, yeah. It was. It would have been an accident. He just got too mad at his dad, took one too many pills, and it killed him. Oh, well. But, like, even that, it's not clear until much later in the movie that he is dead. He just takes pills and is just going, why? And he's crying and he's screaming. And then we don't see him again for the rest of the movie until near the end when they go, oh, Ryan's dead. You know, oh, oh, my God, I didn't realize that he's dead. That's crazy. Speaking oh my god, I'm swooning. Oh my god. Dollar Store Carlo Gugino's looking pretty good. I don't know what it is about a shower that like <laughs> implies suicide to me or death. Like I thought maybe he was dead, but they like quickly pan away from it and then flashbacks over. Well, not quite. They pan they during his like steroid overdose scene or whatever the hell he's doing. We get cut, we get, like, in between that, we're cutting back and forth between him and Jason London, who is having a heart attack on the farm right. at, the, at that exact same time, having a heart attack, and then actually dying. <laughs> and then, yeah. like, I was like, oh, he's having a heart attack, I hope he's okay, next shot, funeral, dead. Sorry, Jason London, 40 minutes in, write you out of the movie, goodbye. Well, I think they're implying that Jason London and Ryan's life force are one and the same. They're basically the same people. Oh, so you're saying that because of all the steroids. So the reason that, like, 
Jason London was being so aggressive to his son Milton is because Ryan was taking steroids over at Mountain University, and that was causing him to feel the rage. I wonder, are they twins? Are they twinners? I, I think they just have the exact same soul, because hmm. that's why he was so crap at pitching, because Jason London didn't was too busy farming that makes sense if only jason london would have focused like the the key was really good when he was growing up because jason london was teaching his son how to pitch so that so ryan was getting that through osmosis by sharing souls and then once he started focusing on the farming ryan's baseball career started to dip that makes a lot of sense and he had to start juicing there's a lot of variables that connect that make it seem like it's definitely not a coincidence no absolutely not it, it, there's god's plan mm-hmm. yeah uh, so then we find out that the whole movie up to this point has just been the sheriff telling the deputy what what happened in Milton's life while they're in the hospital, and Milton is handcuffed to the bed because he caused he was in a car accident that that hurt a woman who then eventually dies. Yeah, that's fun. It is fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the the charges get escalated from uh, you know just hurting a woman. <laughs> And a DUI to manslaughter. To a vehicular manslaughter, baby. I love that. So the doctor comes in. The doctor who is very bad at his job. Like, doesn't send in toxicology reports. Doesn't, like, just makes wild assumptions about things. This doctor's bad at his job. But I love that he comes in and goes, like... So, uh, you know, we were doing some, we were looking, I was looking over these notes and everything. And like, you know, you, you said that he crashed into the ravine and, and the accident would have happened from the impact would have been at the front of the vehicle, but the injuries he sustained on his face and his, on his right arm, uh, that, that's, that doesn't line up with like that kind of injury because seatbelt technology has improved so much since, uh, in the last few years that we don't see those kind of injuries anymore. And then they show the truck that he was driving, and it's just like a 1981 Dodge Ram. Like, well, yeah. what do you mean seatbelt technology? He had a lap belt at best in that thing, if he was even wearing it at all. If they were installed during that period of time right? whatsoever. And, I mean, you know, Farmtown, Georgia, they ripped those things out as soon as possible. Yeah, I was fully expecting to see, like, a crashed 2018 Ford F-150 Harley-Davidson edition, but instead just an old Dodge Ram, an old Junka farm truck. What, Doctor, what, pull your head out of your ass and look at what's going on in front of you. <laughs> he He's very horny. Oh, yeah. He uh, stares at the mother and goes very sultrily, if you need anything, <laughs> I'm right here. Uh, and uh, it's kind of gross. Uh, but he does tell uh, the family that uh, Milton has radial nerve palsy mm-hmm. and will never live again. Of course. And how crushing for Milton because he's got like hand drop, I guess is what they call it. And so he's just got like a he's just a limp wristed kid from now on, which in that community, he would be mocked mercilessly for his limp wrist. I'll tell you that much. Well, good thing he has that device to keep him not limp-wristed, which he wears throughout this entire movie, basically. Yeah, it's like a sling for his hand to hold his hand up. But, like, what good is that doing him? All it's doing is shortening all the muscles, like all of his uh, flexors. Or extenders? Extenders. Extenders, yeah. It's just shortening all his extenders. So what good is that doing him? It's not helping. If he takes it off, his hand's just going to be flexed the, the other way now. Yeah. Well. Yeah, you're uh, extending all your flexors, too, when you're shortening your extenders, That's of course. That's true, yeah. And you're just fricking yourself. Exactly. Hey, speaking of fricking yourself, 
when you were two years old, your father took me downtown. and uh, Gross, yes. Mom. Gross. Yuck, Mom. <laughs> is that why we stopped? Uh, is that why I don't have any brothers and sisters? Because Dad kept taking you downtown? Uh, I, I have that line, too. Uh, uh, it was my favorite line of the movie. <laughs> I wish he would have said gross, Mom, right after uh, downtown. Yeah. That would have been great. Would have been really great. Or if he would have gone schwing or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, Schwing would have been good for sure. And like seeing like a pop up of his boner. <laughs> yeah, as he, as he imagines his mom and dad going downtown. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, he hasn't been talked to about sex yet, so he doesn't know what to think. Rightfully so. We shouldn't be talking to children about sex, even if they're 18 years old and they've murdered somebody. We shouldn't be talking to them about sex. And if it, even if it creates like them being sexually aroused by the thought of you going downtown. On your mom. <laughs> your dad going downtown on your mom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Took me downtown. Of course, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, daddy's dead. Uh, we, we find out that the car accident happened, like, the day of the funeral. Like, he was like, mm -hmm. and we, we won't get too into the car accident, because the car accident is a crazy thing, but Milton doesn't remember the car accident at all. He's got no memory of that, which is awfully convenient, if you ask me. He he was in his car Trump. and then he and he was sitting at the side of the road and then he doesn't remember anything until he woke up. Yeah, until a week later when he came out of his coma and woke up. So And this lawyer is totally pricked. She is a public servant yep. uh, doing it for the Lord and <laughs> she's fricked because that's a huge gap. Oh yeah. And and a very convenient gap. Because he, yeah. he admit, like she says to him, like, based on these charges, and again, the woman's not even dead at this point. The he, he's just up on like, <laughs> he's just up on like aggressive vehicular assault, essentially. But based on all the charges that he has that don't include manslaughter, he's looking at ten years in prison, <laughs> which is like that sucks, man. Oh my god. I mean, thankfully you're only eighteen. I mean it. Also yeah. sucks that you're only 18. I mean, 28, your 20s are a wash anyways. Exactly. You're going to make dumb mistakes. Mm -hmm. You might as well go to prison. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you're going to be in a prison. You're, you're going to be in a prison of your own making during your 20s. So you might as well be in actual prison. When she told him 10 years, he should have just like guffawed and go, I could do 10 years of my sleep. <laughs> Fine. You know what? No plea bargain. Don't even try to argue it down. I'll take it. 10 years. Easy. I'm out of there at 28. Back on the farm. No problem. Peg me right now. I'm going to do push-ups till I'm swole. <laughs> Did you say peg me right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 10 years in prison. Peg me right now so I know what I'm getting into. Yeah, get like a rusty pickle. Yeah, because it's funny. It's funny, men getting sexually assaulted in jail. It's funny. Super funny. It's really funny, yeah. Uh <laughs> well, it was the main joke of most eighties, nineties, and early two thousands comedy. And two thousand eighteen's uh full count. I almost said run on. Right. <laughs> so we all he does remember, and he's like, look, I can't really remember much, but here's what I do remember. My best friend gave me a giant bottle of booze after, and she's like, oh, god damn it. <laughs> really? Uh, <laughs> you told me you weren't drinking, and the first thing you say is you had a bunch of booze in your truck. Uh. I definitely opened it, and it was in the passenger seat. Yeah, and she like... She goes like, so you're pulled off on the side of the road chugging alcohol. And he's like, I wasn't chugging it. I didn't even swallow. 
So, all right. So you had liquor or you didn't have liquor? What is it? I took a sniff of booze and I blacked out and I woke up a week later in the hospital. Is that fine? Is that believable enough for you? And it is. Yeah. Of course, yeah. She got it. Yeah. At this point, I have a note that says, so is this a baseball movie or what? <laughs> baseball kind of fades out of the picture really quickly yeah almost immediately like even though the poster for this movie is people playing baseball and it's called full count and the description is all about baseball there's maybe i don't know 14 minutes of this hour and 50 minute movie that's about baseball the rest of it is not about that at all when you pull up this uh, movie on imdb uh it's just like littered with baseball uh <laughs> photos and baseball context and it like and you think at the end, like, he's going to get back to baseball and uh, there's going to be a lot of baseball at the end, at least. But not really. Guess we'll find out. So then, like, so the things are not looking good. The bank is foreclosing on their house. They don't have money to buy seeds and fertilizer. He went to the seed pimp and he was like, please, seed pimp. This is all the money we have in the world. And he, like, counts it and he goes, well, how much is here? And, and Milton goes... Uh, a little less than $200. And the guy just laughs at him and goes, like, what am I, what can I sell you for this? I can't give you anything for this. You, your family owes me thousands of dollars. This is, $150 isn't enough, kid. Sorry. And the alternators broke on their very crappy tractor. Also, $200? You've spent this kid's lifetime when you were taken <laughs> downtown at two years old. You've been yeah. squirreling away money since then. And you don't even have $200? Like, I knew it was going to be a pathetic amount of money when the guy, the seed pimp rattles the coffee container that the money's in, and you hear coins in it. And I go, oh, no, this isn't going to be good. That's that's not going to be enough money if there's enough coins in there to rattle it around. I don't know, guys. The Yeah, coins? Are you kidding kidding me coins coins Ugh. Ugh. not not to pay the seed pimp he wants cold hard cash baby any move that these parents make on this farm is just absolutely dumb right yeah they don't know what they're doing jason london should have gone to school he he's just a dumb man who's been growing corn and peaches all his life i wrote down at one point like doesn't jason london have life insurance but then I quickly realized these people are way too dumb to think mm. forward like that. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then, like, no big deal. An angel shows up at their house and offers to help them on the farm. David, a man of God, a Not man of faith. An angel. That looks like he just came from prison. That looks like he um, just came. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. An angel named David who looks like he just came shows up at their house. <laughs> Which is an odd description of a human being, but it very much uh, fits him. It's 100% who he is. I love that he shows up and goes like, I saw your help wanted ad that you threw in the trash, and I was wondering if I could work on your farm. And Dollar Store Carlo Gugino's like, no, you're, my husband just died. My son is going to jail for 10 years. You're a giant scary man. No, we don't need help. And she shuts the door in his face. So he just goes and starts working on their tractor. <laughs> no, well. Turns out, uh, it wasn't a bad alternator, but, uh, alternator. It was just a loose cable, which uh, David's really good at fixing loose cables <laughs> or uh, loose hoses. 
And that's all any mechanical uh, knowledge you need. Yeah, for sure. Earlier in the movie, we see, like, at the hospital, when during the press conference, David walks up and puts his hand on a guy's shoulder. And as soon as he did that, I was like, oh, that guy's an angel. I, I, can, I can spot an angel from a mile away. That guy's an angel. And then later mm -hmm. on, we see him, a guy's truck is broken down, and David just walks up and goes, let me take a look at it. Oh, it's just a loose radiator hose. And now he's like, oh, it's just a loose cable. Well, boy, tighten it up, pal. Everybody, everywhere. And boy, do I got some loose cables. Oh, do you ever. <laughs> the Seamless. loosest. Oh, the loosest of all. No one will even know. No one will even know what happened between those two sentences. No one will have any idea. Life. Life happened. Yeah, true. And that's what David's all about, is uh, life happening to people on the prairie. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. And 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 thankfully an angel is there to just save and fix everything. Thank goodness. Thank God that God did all these terrible things to this family and then sent an angel to fix it all for some reason. Well, finally we get some god magic. Finally we get yeah. some like ethereal type uh juju. <laughs> yeah, spelled J E W J E W, of course, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I I loved uh, having a little bit of a mystical element to one of these movies. It's what I've been uh, waiting all uh, year for. Yeah, like, I, as someone who was a, I mean, you too, was a huge fan of uh, Facing the Giants and, and the god magic in that movie, I expected all Christian movies to contain some element of god magic, but we don't get, we haven't gotten much. It's more just like, religion will change your life. It's not like... God is using his magical powers to change the direction of footballs and stuff. None of that. But, but guess it? what? God is using his magic powers through David. That's right. An angel. Clearly an angel. I do love that when he's working on the tractor and, like, Milton's talking to him and then Discount Carlo Gugino shows up with a double-barrel shotgun and her finger on the trigger. Like, not not to the side, no trigger discipline, just I will shoot this man in the face if he's if he says anything to me. <laughs> My note uh, when she pulls out the gun is, shoot him, and then she doesn't shoot him. So my next note was, she's such a wet blanket. <laughs> I'm not going to take anything she says seriously from here on in. Uh, and I love that, like, David is just not taking no for an answer. Like, he's just, he's just like, I'm here to work on the farm. Oh, no, we don't need any help. Okay, great. When can I get started? Well, but we can't pay <laughs> you. Well, that's fine. I'm just doing this for out of the goodness of my Okay, well, well, like, and he just worms his way into their family and then becomes, like, Milton's dad. <laughs> like, he just, all, there's so many scenes of them, like, bonding and, like, being his dad and stuff. It's like his dad isn't even cold in the dirt yet. Give him time before a new man moves in, starts eating his mom's peach, you know? And he definitely does. They don't show it. They don't really even imply it. Yep, but not at all. But you know he's giving her the good stuff. You know he's going downtown. I, I know this was too quick for his magic, uh, but I wish he would have just like hit her in the head and then blown in her face and she would have been all like okay you could stay <laughs> yeah well I mean, we, we do see how he works his magic later and it's crazy and yeah it would have been nice you're, you're right it would have been a little too much up at the top here we need to kind of ease into the magic a little bit more here uh the most the most disappointing thing to me in this whole sequence is that at no point does david go you got to just prepare your fields and pray for rain did you prepare your fields, Milton? <laughs> but 
they do go to work on the farm. Yep. They start tilling the smallest piece of land I've yeah. ever seen. With the, with the crappiest, oldest tractor, they're going to grow yeah. 10 stalks of corn, and that's going to pay off the bank, I guess. Corn is worth crazy amounts of money. Oh, just insane amounts of money in Georgia. They, they have these hoes, and they're, like, tilling through the dirt, but they're doing it in the weakest way possible. They're not even, like, working hard. <laughs> at acting on it. Yeah. They don't even have a combine. They don't even have, like, a tiller. They're doing it all by hand. And, like, when Milton goes to see the seed pimp initially, and the seed pimp is like, you're weeks behind where you need to be. Like, it's, it's like, it's too late to get started. Or it's like, you're, you're late, you're late. You, it's late to get planting. And then, like, several more weeks go by, and the seed pimp shows up at their house and he's just like, hey, you know what? I haven't slept since you saw me a couple weeks ago. I decided to give you fertilizer and seeds. But now they're way too late in the season to start growing things at this point. If they were late weeks ago, now they're way too late. But, you know, God's plan. While they prepared their fields, uh, this guy obviously went crazy because he wasn't able to sleep and he's lost his gosh darn mind. Mm -hmm. So he brings them some seed and helps them out. And again, to show how small and pathetic their farm is, David and Milton sow the seed by hand. They just walk with a little picnic basket and throw handfuls of, like, sunflower seeds into the dirt or whatever. Like, they don't even have a, a cedar. They don't, even think, like, they don't even have land need tools or any, anything. And a huge thing is organic specialty farmer uh, farming. But even they know they need, like, acres and acres of corn to make a profit, yeah. not just a little garden that you throw seeds in and pray for rain and it just comes. Yeah, your backyard garden. doesn't matter how much farming they do because the lady is dead and uh, now <laughs> Milton is charged with vehicular manslaughter and placed under arrest and taken to what looks like federal prison. <laughs> That's real, real prison. The, well, the lady is dead. Yeah. The, she's gone. Did you imagine her in another vehicle? Yeah, when they were initially talking about the accident, I thought that he got into a, like, a car accident. But then when they see what happened and the truck just schmucks her, I laughed pretty hard, I gotta say. I, I Despite a woman being killed, <laughs> I got a pretty good chuckle out of me seeing her get schmucked. Well, she's not killed instantly, no. thank God. She's killed uh, she weeks has later. She suffer in a coma for months. Yeah. Well, we don't know for sure that she was in a coma, but she definitely suffered. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I have this note after uh, Milton goes to jail. Now it's raining on the farm, and David is so happy, and Milton is in prison. But Milton's pretty happy, too, when it rains in yeah. prison. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of um, Shawshank Redemption shots of people just arms up looking at the rain being like, Hallelujah! Speaking in tongues! A lot of scenes. Way too many to count. Of course. So then we get to, finally, we get some uh, David magic. Uh, David goes to the jail to, like, visit Milton I say he's an angel, but the the guard at the gate asks him for, like, government-issued ID, and we never see how that plays out. I guess yeah. he grabs his arms and blows on him or something. Like, I don't know. <laughs> he must, he he, must get past that guy somehow. He gets into the room, which makes you assume that he does have a government-issued ID. He must. That's You have to assume that. Mm -hmm. he, you have to, because he, he's in there. He's talking to Milton, and... Uh, <laughs> So then he uses more magic to, like, get the cops to leave them alone in the room. 
and then he grabs David's arms and just <laughs> starts blowing in his face with his mouth with like blow like blowing breath into his face not blowing in his face just blow, <sighs> blow like blowing air and David or Milton is just like oh like he's just like freaking out <laughs> Yeah, he he has a seizure. He's uh, compromised uh, health wise. Uh, <laughs> he's got a brain bleed. He's got a brain bleed. These, his, one yeah. of his eyes is turning red and like drifting off to the side. It's a beautiful thing. And David is just laughing and blowing. No, he's blowing all over the place. He just can't stop blowing in his face. But then after he blows in his face, Milton gets his memories back of the accident. And mm-hmm. boy, oh boy. <laughs> Those memories? Wow. What a what a thing to remember. Yeah, up until like he goes to the jail, this movie is just a slow roll. It's slowly going through the story. It's building up this uh normal faith-based movie and then the jail scene happens and then the third flashback happens. And you're like, holy crimity, this is a movie. <laughs> there is some god magic on display here. Uh, and I'm so happy we get the flashback to, to what happened at the accident. Because the first time they show it, we just see him pull over to the side of the road and like contemplate drinking from the bottle. But before that, he like gets mad at his hair. So I have the note like, thank God we get this flashback again so we could see him get mad at his hair again. Because it's, it's a pretty funny part of the movie when his hair just gets in his face and he just, get, out of my, get my other hair out of my face. Like, he's so mad at it. Yeah, and then he shaves his head. Of course, yeah. Becomes a white supremacist because he's in jail. You got to pick a gang immediately, well, day one. If you're going to drink alcohol, you got to choose a lifestyle. And that's usually, <laughs> uh, you know, skinhead. Yeah. If you're going to drink a bottle of water that has, like, if you're going to drink a bottle of watered down iced tea, which is what is in that bottle, it's like, it's a Jack Daniels bottle with very clear, slightly brown tinged liquid in it. All right, nice try, movie. Yeah, if thick wit's on one end of the scale and water's on the other end, this is very much closer to water. I I also think we should put alcohol in thick wit. <laughs> well, we could have both. We could have a, a sober thick wit for those who don't want to party, and then, you know, adult thick wit is what we'll call it for uh, the ones who do want to party. Thick wit for kids, dumb kids. That might be smaller, the dumb part. No, the dumb part should be bigger. It should be the biggest part. Thickwood for dumb kids. That means you, people struggling with alcohol problems. That means you, dumb kid. Non-alcoholic thickwood, you idiot. You cuck. So, <laughs> so, Milton's pulled over on the side of the road when a cop car pulls up behind him and whoop, whoop, that's the sound of the police. And uh, who gets out but the deputy sheriff. And uh, Oh, no. As soon as he got out and started, like, hassling Milton, all I could think was, this guy's got to be Ryan's dad. Like, 100% has to be Ryan's dad. Why else would he do any of this stuff? And then, show enough, he's Ryan's dad, and he's out there taking revenge on Milton for killing his son by being a better pitcher than him. He he was definitely a better pitcher, and it directly uh, led to Ryan's death. So he's, he's right um, yeah, correct. To uh, hassle this kid, he looks at his uh, license and Milton, freaking Milton! I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah. And I love that he like, like immediately handcuffs him, even though he's got no reason to. No, like 
he is breaking the law all over the place in this scene. He just goes like, step out of the car. Like, he's parked. He's not even driving. And he's like, step out of the car. Uh handcuffs him, slams him up against the car and goes, if I was your dad, could I do this? And starts kissing him. And then he goes like, and he's like, why are you handcuffing me? He's like, for your safety and mine when I search your vehicle. And he's like, why are you searching my vehicle? He's like, don't ask questions. Well, no, you're not allowed to just like search someone's vehicle for no reason. You need to have just cause, you know, for PS4 or whatever. But he doesn't. He just He's just mad because his son is dead off steroids. You, this isn't a hands on a hard body situation. Oh. You can't just put your hands on me for no reason. Hands on a hard body, the musical. Am I right? <laughs> That's what they should have called this movie: is full count hands on a hard body. <laughs> uh, so while he's got Milton handcuffed, the deputy just beats the absolute hell out of him, like bloody, punches him in the face, yeah. like blood all over his face and everything, and just beats the hell out of him. And then throws him in the back of his truck, like in the back of Milton's truck, and then just goes on a joyride. <laughs> to, like, yeah. steals his truck and takes off with it, with Milton in the back. It's kind of crazy that the most joy on anybody's face in this whole movie is him driving that uh, truck after he beat this teenage boy senseless. He is having a ball just cruising <laughs> yeah. down the road. Uh, At yeah. one point, he goes like, yee, yee, which is like a very country <laughs> thing, and I love it. It's very funny. But like right after he goes, yee, yee, he just schmucks that woman, like just yeah. nails her with the truck. <laughs> it's very funny. It, just oh, the way it plays hilarious. out, his exuberance in his face, and the poor woman just walking at the side of the road getting <laughs> crumpled. Is very funny. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's one of the highlights of the movie is when that woman gets run over. It's so funny, like, from his ecstasy to that. So then <laughs> he, like, crunches her, gets out of the truck, and is like, oh, my God. Milton sits up in the back of the truck and is like, what have you done? So then the deputy takes out his nightstick and just beats Milton unconscious, like, just ham just wailing on him with his nightstick. We sound like psychopaths right now. Yeah. Uh, well, we're hopped up on this crazy part of this movie, but that that's exactly what he does. It's not an exaggeration whatsoever. No. Like we, we like to play a little fast and loose with our descriptions of these tales. Yeah. But he, he just pulls out a nightstick and beats this kid yeah. half to death. Oh, yeah. And then drives to a ravine and, like, puts David in the – or puts Milton in the front seat, uncuffs him, which, like – Nobody noticed, like, handcuff marks on his wrists or anything like that when they found him, but whatever. Everyone in this movie's bad at their jobs. And then he just, like, slowly pushes the truck into the ravine, yeah. which, like, there's no and way then, there's no way that would cause the same amount of damage as driving into the ravine at 30 or 40 miles an hour. No, this would, if anybody did any detective work on this whatsoever... They would have figured it out months ago. Yeah. Uh, I also like how he runs away from the scene. <laughs> yeah, how so? Like, there's no point. There's nobody around. You just, like, created this scene where you, like, murdered this woman mm -hmm. and, like, framed this poor child that didn't do anything. And then you, like, run away like a like a scam. Yeah. Well, he's got to run, like, the miles <laughs> down the road back to his car. He's parked so far away from this. He, who knows how long that joyride was before he hit the woman? And then who knows where the ravine is after the woman was hit? 
and he has to work off some of this adrenaline after uh you know hitting a woman oh, and yeah. framing a young boy and it's hard to run when you have a raging boner it's so hard <laughs> to run with one of those the problem is is that all these bad things are actually the best thing oh they're mm, the the sweetest the sweetest berries <laughs> So then, after getting blown in the face, uh, uh, Milton wakes up in the jail, and David is gone, and there was, like, a power surge that cut all the cameras, and, like, but, like, they show, there's this weird moment where the cops are looking at the footage, trying to figure out what's going on, there's multiple cameras, and there's, like, a camera showing inside the room with Milton and, and David, and it's, like, the time is running, and then there's just footage from the front door of Milton, like, or of, sorry, of the angel David walking and just standing in front of the door. And he just stands there and doesn't move for, like, a minute. And he's just standing looking at the door. But if you look at the timestamps on those footages, they're happening at the same time. And nobody brings that up. They're just like, oh, the cameras are just cut everywhere. And nobody goes like, hey, wait a minute, 247, he was in the room, but he's also standing in front of the, the exit door to the building. What's going on here? Nobody knows, nobody cares. Bad at their jobs. Uh, they're just like, ah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of bad at their jobs, uh, the toxicology report is just not in Milton's file. And so yeah. they're like, oh, I don't know. That's weird. The, the toxicology result isn't there. So they have to get it, like, resent, and turns out he had no alcohol in his system, which I feel like would have been a very important thing to know when you're charging someone with a DUI. You're <laughs> being like, oh, you killed a woman and you were drunk. Maybe we should check the toxicology results. And, like, just sloppy work all over the place. I mean, the deputy, uh, also Ryan's father, is the one in charge of the case and also the one who caused the case, so... You're able to cover it up a little bit, but you like the sheriff saw the shady stuff. The doctor should have reported this to somebody. Yeah, uh, this is like weeks and months have gone by yeah. that like somebody should have combed through this information. This kid's been in jail for God knows yeah. how long, and they're just like, oh yeah, the toxicology results, right? Why didn't we check those for this drunk driver? I can't believe it. Wow, Whoop. egg on our face. So the sheriff finally confronts the deputy with all this shoddy work yeah. and shoddy behavior and then the deputy just gives up the nut cops arresting cops you love to see it yeah it's beautiful. all of them yeah acab that's our stance here on pure boys acab and so then so he so milton gets out of jail david has disappeared no one has seen david in several days uh and the crops are just growing like crazy like when they, when the mom is bringing, when Discount Carlo Gugino is driving home with Milton in the car, and she goes like, "Oh my God, honey, look at that!" and they just have like, like you said, a, an eighth of an acre of corn crops that have just like sprouted up overnight from the looks of it, and but like she lived, she she drove from the farm to go get him, and yet she seems surprised that the crops are growing, but like you drove past them a, an hour ago, they weren't like this. That's ridiculous. I feel like the producers and the directors or somebody was like, I want real corn. I want to grow corn at the beginning of this film and then show the fruits of the labor afterwards. Damn. But didn't see all the fallout or the uh, disconnection uh, between uh, a small, very small plot of land being grown to, like, a lot of profit. Right. Like, that's a bigger hole. Yeah, like, when they made... 
Field of Dreams, they grew the corn for that, didn't they? Wasn't that cornfield real? Or maybe Interstellar had real corn. One, Some corn movie had real corn. And it's so much corn, and yet they can barely afford the farm in Field of Dreams. And they have a field of corn. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, a backyard garden plot, hey, don't even worry about it here in Georgia in 2019. No way things are, things are way cheaper now than they were in 1987 when Field of Dreams came out. Uh, way cheaper. Oh, yeah. And like... So they go to the farmer's market and apparently make thousands of dollars well, to I, pay I, off their loan. I love when Milton's mom is counting the money and she's like out loud going, 46, 47, 48, 49, 50, 51, 52, 53. It's all there. It's all there. 5,300? 53,000? Yeah. You guys are in debt. <laughs> like I have written down, oh my God, mom, that's amazing. There's over $50 there. <laughs> like the bank came and put a foreclosure note on your door. <laughs> yeah. Like you are done. You got a second mortgage on this place. You owe hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. It doesn't mean piss. Yeah. And that's not including your debt to the seed pimp, uh, the taxes <laughs> that you have to pay. Like, because Milton says, like, oh, it covers the debt to the seed pimp, the taxes, the bank loan, all of it. She goes, yep, $53 <laughs> covers all of it. So that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. And again, the whole time I'm going, why did God do this? What was the lesson for this family? And I guess the lesson is the seeds of hope are far more fertile than the seeds of doubt. Wow. <laughs> Thanks, God. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for killing then, my dad. <laughs> the writers and the director apparently forgot that he was still crippled, so... David comes back and blows in his face again. Yeah, yeah, I love. I, like I was like, there's he's definitely getting his pitching arm back, and then sure enough, there's David to blow in his face yeah. and give him back his arm. I guess he learned his what? lesson, whatever that was. Why, why leave and come back? Why not fix his arm when you blew in his face at the jail? Why? Why anything? Oh, it's because he wants to blow in his face so much. He just goes like, I love this kid. I want to blow in his face, and uh, any chance I get to blow in this kid's face, I'm gonna take it. Uh, he probably has coffee breath or, like, just really bad, terrible breath because he only eats one meal a day and he, doesn't brush his teeth. I mean, he definitely doesn't have a toothbrush, I'll tell you that much. No, we never see a toothbrush. And no. That's frick. Oh, that's crazy, you know? <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> oh, and, like, after David blows in Milton's face the first time, we start seeing, like, scripture, like num writ like, written on the walls. So there's, like... John 10, 10, Joshua 1, 9, and then right at the end, John 3, 16. And all I could think when I saw that was, well, McMahon 3, 16 says, I just pissed my pants. <laughs> and that's the quote that they use at the end of this movie as a phase out. And you're supposed to be content. Exactly. They cut to footage of Stone Cold Steve Austin putting a gun to Vince McMahon's head, pulling the trigger, and then like a little bang flag comes out. And Vince McMahon pisses his pants live in the ring. And then, and then of course, Austin delivers that famous quote. Austin 316 says, I just whipped your ass. And McMahon 316 says, I just pissed my pants. And that's cool for kids. That's okay. Don't talk to kids about sex, all right? That's the lesson of the movie. Don't talk to kids about sex. 
It really tied in perfectly, hey? Yeah, it was a good, uh, it was a great tweet this week, man. I got to say, you really you nailed it with that one. You've been, you've been on fire with the tweets this whole time, but this one you really, you really landed well. Well, I give it up all to Kevin, you know? You know, my life isn't going to make me happy. My happiness is going to make my life. Steve, Nothing. what did you think of 2019's full count, three balls and two strikes? Well, uh, I commend you on your uh, attaining the retaining the knowledge of what a full count is. Uh, so good on you. Thank you. I loved it. I <laughs> it it took a little while to get there, but once it got there, what a movie! What a what an experience! It was entertaining as frick. Uh, I thought David was super sexual. I I want to get his digits. <laughs> Um, and that's all I can say about the movie. Don't blow in my face also if you meet me in public. Now, Adam, what did you think of Bullcamp? All I can say is, David, come to my house and blow in my face. I made a comment earlier tonight that uh, I guess uh, went out over the year that I am deeply ashamed, ashamed of. If I have hurt anyone out there, I can't tell you how much I say from the bottom of my heart, I'm so very, very sorry. I pride myself and think of myself as a, a man of faith, as there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. Play ball! 